What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. It's so interesting how the the industry and the, just the behind the scenes of how these things have come together, um, you know, are, right? So like, you know, like you said, a J. Cole, I think another great example of someone who I think suffers from the same, the same, you know, problems that you guys are talking about is Big Crit, right? Um, so you got these yeah, artists that are these like, yes. yeah, you got these artists that are these generational talents. And one of the things that we love about them is that they're so gifted on their own. Like, oh, this guy, he can make his own beats and he can rap and he's this great rapper. Like, that's amazing. But it's like, you know, they're confined to just their own ideas in their heads. And like, you know, we're now in a place where, you know, you could sit there with a laptop and make a whole album just by yourself. And it's just stuff that's in your head and you made it on your laptop. Whereas back in the day, it was like, you had to go, you know, to a studio and you had to sit there for hours until finally it was, you know, your turn to record. And then you had to get other people to come and y'all all had to sit there. You might sit in the break room together. And in this time frame, you're kicking ideas, you know, and you're bouncing things off the wall and some things stick and some things don't stick. And those things allow the songs and the music that we heard to be the brainchildren ch- of multiple people as, a re- as, as opposed to something that's just the brainchild of one person. Yinka, I think that's a good segue into another topic that I want to discuss. Right. I asked this question and we didn't really answer too much. So I think right now would be a good opportunity for us to do that. Okay. But I was listening to my release radar right. and I noticed that Rock Marciano came out with another project this year. Right. I don't know how many projects that is from him, <laughs> but I feel like within the last two or three years, he's got what, six or seven? Maybe. Within the last two or three years? Probably. Yep. That wouldn't be that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. And there's no disrespect to Rock Marciano because it's like, oh, it's cool. You know, it's, it's whatever. But then I, I'm thinking about Rock Marciano. I'm thinking about Freddie Gibbs. I'm thinking about all them Griselda cats and all of these other like more down the line hip hop artists. Right. Not like the little babies and the da babies and the 21 Savage mm-hmm. that are just making their mumble trap music, whatever. Like these are more the traditional like, oh, I got bars to spit. Bo, 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 bo. Whatever, right? All right, now now I'm popping shots, but whatever. But look, was look. that Conway or Westside? Like, who was that? Which who was that? I think that was. Be? I think that I was. Think uh, that was supposed to be Westside. Like yeah, it was Westside Gun. Look, look, look. But look, look. My my point is, they're making a lot of music, mm-hmm. and I wonder if the music is suffering as a result. Yeah. Thoughts on this? I think it I don't is. think. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Tell yeah. I I, I probably I. We're about the Stephen A. Smith and uh, Max Kellerman. This one I see. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know, I, and I don't even know if I think I ended up missing this conversation, right? So Outlaw poses a great question. They have like this whole yep. back and forth, and like two days later, I, I look at the chat, like, which there's memes about men in their group chats, right? Like it's like <laughs> some random shit. You come back like five days later, and you're like, oh snap, I missed the whole conversation. That's what happened here. But I, I agree with you. I think there is too much music. I think we've gotten to a point where. You know, um, I was I was on a, a clubhouse and they were talking about, uh, you know, what do what do we need to do? I think they had like one of the executives from Spotify or one of these streaming services. Right. And they said, you know, what do we need to do to get more placements on on uh, on playlists and, you know, to get our music, you know, more featured. And the guy said, you need to release more. You know, you, you need to just keep coming out with songs. You, you got to come out with a, a new song like every few days, you know, and then and then you hit the algorithm so much that the algorithm then, you know, it it recognizes you and then it pushes you up to the top. And that's how your, your music is going to get seen. Right. So we got to a, a place where now, like 
we got to release so much music so that, you know, and it's got to come out all the time. And, you know, people are doing, they put out the album and then a week later they put out the, you know, the extended version of the album. And then, you know, a few days later they put out like the, the extra bonus cut edition director's cut right. with five the, more the, songs. The, the, the deluxe. And, yeah, the, the deluxe. deluxe and, you know, it's like, I, I think, you know, it's all a result of like how we consume music and how the algorithms of like all of the, this technology is dictating to us like what music we're going to discover and what music we're not going to discover. So I'll leave that for y'all thoughts. The answer to me for this is it depends. So for instance, mm -hmm. do I feel like the Griselda cats are watering down anything? They know. I mean, mm. they, they have one sound to me yes. and they've released 10,000 versions of that sound mm -hmm. with 15 different artists. And it just, their fan base loves that shit, right? And it's not yeah. that different. It's not that dissimilar from Rock Marciano, honestly. Like, mm -hmm. the very the sounds are so similar to me. But mm -hmm. if like I I couldn't tell you how many Griselda projects have come out like this week. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? It <laughs> could right. it could be a uh, million. Here's a question for you. You know, Here's and I'm gonna just go interject this real quick. Uh -huh. Are any of their projects? And this is gonna this is gonna sound like an unfair question, mm -hmm. but it's not an unfair question. Are any of their projects? anywhere remotely close to as good as supreme clientele uh not to me but i don't i don't know that i like any of them enough to really give them the chance to be to be that but i don't know Do that they could think either it's possible that if they <clears throat> actually spent more time with actually trying to make something groundbreaking as opposed to just creating a sound because it seems to me like that's more their focus mm -hmm. right and this isn't necessarily a criticism just against griselda mm -hmm. This is just whoever yeah, this is, whoever this is, is just this pushing is the out these projects. Yeah, I mean, because the only it, difference between Griselda and like Twenty One Savage is that you we would call Twenty One Savage mumble rap, and Griselda just some real hip hop niggas from New York. But, you know what I'm saying? But it's but the same. It's the same principle. Like they just release as much music with the same sound as possible. But I, I but, think. But let's talk about Freddie Gibbs, though, right? Real, real quick. Okay. Freddie Gibbs on the project with um, not Alchemist, the one that came out before that. What was that one? Oh, the Madeline, Madeline, right? Yeah. Yeah, Somebody yeah. had asked him a question about some bar and Freddie Gibbs said, oh, I don't know. I just like you guys right want me shit. to break this shit down. I just quickly made this in like in like two seconds or whatever. Right. Right. What was it? Yika, you were the one who was telling me this point. Yeah, I think that was on um, he was talking uh, with the L. Michaels affair uh, thing on, on, on Amazon. The dude doesn't even remember like what he wrote or what he was thinking when he came up with the song. To like, be how fair, so, we're so, assuming that these old niggas do either. That's like, what that's what I was gonna say. Outlaw, I, was about I think to say, it's, like, I think it's yeah. unfair for you, right, to be like, yeah, man, you know, Wu Tang. They came out with you know, there's nine niggas, and all of them came out with their right. their album, you know, one after the other every month for a year, and then now it's like you know, in a in a time frame where everybody doesn't have to sit in the same room and create stuff. People can just sit at home and rap into their computer. You know, these guys made I don't know the same amount of albums, but in three months instead of nine months, and we're like, oh man, they're they're degrading the you know the art of so, okay. creating something. So that's a fair question. So then, mm -hmm. in your minds, and maybe that's the answer. Maybe they're more. It's easier for them to come out with more music just because it's easier to make the music due to technology. Yeah, and I right? think if oh, you absolutely. if you so and so, I think if you went back and you asked ODB, you said, "Hey, uh, that fourth bar on that oh, song that on, you had on Wu Tang Forever, what were you, were you trying to ODB say?" ODB would be like, shit. "Bro, so, okay, I was well, fucking high. Listen. I don't but know." But let's use Jay Z. Let's use Jay Z <laughs> because Jay Z released right. that damn decoded book, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember looking at that shit like, I bet Jay Z spent more time like 
thinking about what the fuck he was talking about and explaining it in this book than he did with some of these lines that he actually came up with, right? Because a lot of rappers, like, some shit just rhymes and it sounds dope. Like, it doesn't have any real deep meaning to it. It just sounds, like, awesome. I think Dream Hampton made his shit deeper than a lot of it really was. Yeah, listen, and and I remember reading that like, my God, like, I can't believe we're actually trying to explain this shit that's already explained in the line. Like, it ain't that deep. Like, some of this (laughs) stuff is just not that deep. Now, I do think that by default, the more you have to create, the less good something is going to be. Like, I am a writer. I tend to, I'm from that write everyday school of thought. Everything ain't going to be awesome. Some shit Mm -hmm. is to get you from Monday to Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? Some things are just there to move the needle. But every now and then when you have that real inspiration, that real good idea and thought, you Mm -hmm. put that extra time and attention into it. Mm -hmm. Now... For some of these guys in music, it's a little bit different, right? Because their whole goal is to get as much people listen to the music as possible. Yep. And, you know, I don't know if any of these people have a classic album in them to begin with. They're making music because mm-hmm. that's what they do. I don't know but if see, they all see, that's want my that. question, right? What is what is their definition of success? Because yeah, I, I think, I you know, with some folks, maybe their definition of success is yours, Andrew. Maybe it's create a transcendent piece of art that people are talking about in 25 years. Some people, it's like, to you know to get my shit on release radar and for a million people to listen to it and if that's their goal they just got to keep making as much shit as they can and pushing it out because it's it's algorithmic at this point and you're even shooting high because some of these niggas could be i'm trying to be the best nigga on my block like i'm just i'm really just trying to be the dude that everybody's listening to in their car and it just so happens that i am bored and i have 10 hours i can make 30 (laughs) songs you know what i'm saying it's like and i'm not saying it's going to be good stuff I think the question becomes, though, like, when somebody makes it, like, because Kendrick is able to make transcendent art, right, or mm-hmm. or let's throw Cole back in there. Cole's making albums that are worth talking about versus mm-hmm. some disposable shit. Like, there are people doing it. Mm-hmm. 85 to Africa was an album that I think transcends. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say it's going to change the world or anything like that, but for me, it was a revelation. It was a good album. Was, you know, it was a very good album. And, and there are people still doing that. You it's could just, also tell that Jadena was, he tried. Yes. He was he focused did. on that project. He didn't he just but, turn something out. But to go back he to, actually cared about to the what we were, we, were, we were talking about, right? Like, what was Jadena's goal? Nobody was sitting there going, man, when's that new Jadena coming out? It's been three months and there's no Jadena, right? Nobody gave a fuck. So, like, when he came out of nowhere and he dropped the album, it, I think it had been, like, three, four years. Everybody was like, oh, shit, Jadena's got an album. Uh, and then and then they liked it, right? Three. So, it was yeah. like... It it's was like, probably at least a couple years. Definitely a couple years. Yeah, some time had passed. It was was, was like two years. I think it's just there's like a difference between what Griselda's goal is and what they're trying to do. And I think what Jadena was trying to do when he put out his album. Do y'all mind if I go on a quick tangent? Yeah, get it. It's going to come back. Look, how familiar are the two of you with NAFTA and what it did to the corn industry? Probably not very familiar. I, I saw some I saw some documentary about Monsanto or Monsanto or something like that that had I something to do with Monsanto. corn. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, so, you, 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 nope. So I'm not a <laughs> scholar on this, but I did read this one book called Stuffed and Starved by I think his name was like Raj Patel or something like that. It came out a few years ago. Friend, I was in a book club, made me read this. But basically, he was breaking down that thing. And how it actually wasn't even the U.S.'s idea. I think it was actually Mexico's idea. But basically, it made it so that like free trade was possible between Mexico, Canada, and the U.S., whatever, right? But what ultimately ended up happening was that because because of this trading, right, they, like, corn became more readily available. Okay. And Mexico suffered because they didn't, subsidi- they didn't subsidize their corn farmers the way the U.S. did. 
But as a result of this, even though they had too much corn to sell, instead of actually reducing the amount of corn to make, they ended up just pushing out more and more and more and more corn to the point where the shit was so devalued. And then that really like exploded the immigrant crisis from, um, you know, the people coming from South of the United States to the United States, right? Okay. Maybe that wasn't like the best tangent, but like <laughs> it just, it kind of reminds me of just the, like, oh, well, we need to put more stuff out. So we're just going to flood the market with music, flood mm -hmm. the market with music. Mm -hmm. And then you get people like me who are just like, well, all this shit is just disposable mm -hmm. because that's kind of how I feel about like a lot of these projects mm -hmm. it's just like well it's disposable yeah. and 10 years from now i'm not going to care about this shit it doesn't resonate with me because you guys were just pushing music out and maybe you had to do it to get your bread and i don't want to judge or criticize that i'm just curious if the art itself is suffering as a result because because you know 20 25 years ago i know i remember hip-hop artists were were facing flack from the rest of the music world talking about, well, hip hop is an art and that shit is disposable. And I disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I think we all disagree with that. Mm -hmm. And I think that music at large has actually come to realize that they were wrong. Mm -hmm. But now I think that hip hop is actually now finally catching up to that sentiment <laughs> where it's just like, this stuff just sounds disposable to me. But do you and maybe think that's just me. I mean, it, hip hop's probably not the only place this is happening. I mean, artists across the spectrum yeah. are probably flooding the market with as much music as it can. Now, hip-hop is probably different because everybody's a producer in hip-hop. Like, everybody every everybody becomes a an entrant into the game at some point, it feels like. So maybe there's more music. I'm just not aware enough of the outside, of the other... Like, I don't know if country, if there's anybody in country flooding the market. You know what I'm saying? And it could be. Yeah, I just I have know, no yeah. idea. I'll, I'll just say, like, I think... Um... I think it's interesting, right? Like two things. First, first and foremost, I think it's funny and interesting that Outlaw's making this argument because Outlaw probably makes this argument like every five to ten years, right? He's like, "Oh, the world is ending. Like everybody's trash now. The, I, I hate hip hop. I'm not gonna listen to it anymore." So that's funny. Uh, but but the second is, I think that music has really gotten to a point similar to like basketball, right? Like so, your argument is almost like, you know, well, is hip hop is basketball bad for big men? Right. And it's like, but the NBA has moved to this kind of like positionless thing where like it's like, well, if your perspective is I'm just a big man and I'm a big body in the paint, then for you, basketball sucks. But like if you're just looking at like like positionlessly, right, if you're just looking at basketball, it's like actually like some of the most talented basketball players ever are playing now. And I feel like with music, if you're just looking at it from the perspective of like hip hop, Griselda, and like and like you're just looking with that lens. You're like, oh man, they're just putting no, out a and bunch of stuff. And it's not just that. But, 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 but let me finish. But like, if you're looking at music as a whole, just the fact that like, you you rattled off like five or 10 names of just like, like acts, right? That are just like, they're kind of influenced by hip hop a little bit, but like not, they're not really doing hip hop. But what they're doing is like transcendent mm -hmm. and interesting. And I feel like hip hop is a part of so many other different kind of subgenres that actually are doing transcendent cool shit. That like if we just if we just measure hip hop as like what Griselda's doing, then yeah we can say like yeah they're not you know they're not pushing things forward. I I, I don't know that's my perspective. Yeah, and I'll just I'll add this this here. I think that ultimately, I have probably heard more different types of music now than ever before in my life just by randomly scrolling through playlists on on Spotify or wherever you you listen to. Right. 
Agreed. because of that, I started listening to different types of shit and different types of artists. And, and hip-hop has clearly influenced all of it, right? It's definitely influenced all of it. The difference is the people who, like like Yinka said, are in that hip-hop lane, it looks one way. Like, you're just flooding the market with this. It's not getting better. But I think music is very interesting at this point. It's probably kind of like like fusion jazz and shit in the 70s where niggas right. was trying all kinds of stuff. <laughs> like, it was all, like... There's st- like you hear niggas with just random flutes and stuff like that. Like where, like where, like where is that? What is that instrument that you're playing? And why is there like three notes in an eight minute song that you decided to throw in there? You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying that hip hop is necessarily better. I don't know that I think it's that much worse. I think that there's it's so much easier to consume all of it and find out how much you hate of it in a very mm-hmm. in a very confined space yeah. than than it used to be. But but similarly. I also wonder if a lot of these artists keep pushing out records and stuff because it's so easy to be forgotten if you don't. Mm-hmm. There's so much shit. If you don't push out another project, it's easy. And because a lot of music is disposable, mm-hmm. it's easy to forget you existed in the first place if you don't keep right. reminding people. Now, some artists don't have that problem. Your your Drake's is always going to be... We, we're always looking for Drake. We're always looking for Kendrick. We're always looking for Cole. You know, even some of the tertiary artists like like the Big Sean's and and, and, and Wale's and all that. You know, like mm-hmm. Nicki Minaj's. There are artists that people are always going to look for because they have that kind of talent where you do pay attention. Mm-hmm. But for most artists, I mean, it's probably like if you don't work, then you don't eat. Right. You know, you eat what you kill. And if you're not putting out art, if you're not putting out shit for people to listen to, your streams are going to be zero. And therefore, you might right. actually have to get a job doing something else you know because i actually wonder this came up in the chat like i actually wonder what all these people do yes they're not making tons of money on their streams and shit like that and it ain't they can't be killing the show game that well like one of my favorite artists right now is this chick out of uh, la named umi just umi mm-hmm. she has like this six track ep that i love it's called introspection mm-hmm. but i'm like i wonder how she's making money like is mm-hmm. she is she an artist i know she the thing is she's at ucla so maybe she's just making music because she's talented, but she's just trying to get her degree to go do something else. But I do wonder how these artists are able to make music in this or make money in this time mm-hmm. from their passions. And I don't know if it's just I'm paying more attention to it because we're in a pandemic and there ain't no shows. Yes. But, you know, there's always so many artists out there like they can't all be touring artists, not in substantial ways. Like mm-hmm. how many people are actually eating off music in a way that's sustainable for their life is the question that I've been thinking about a lot when it comes to this type of discussion. Well, is it because, is this pandemic related or ignoring the pandemic? Well, the pandemic made me think about a long term. The pandemic made me mm. wonder about artists that are, because there's there's the same number of artists out there, not during the pandemic. There might be more now, I don't know. But, Probably. you know, again, all these people aren't touring. They're not mm-hmm. all making money, lots of money off of their project. Those streaming numbers, you see niggas like Pharrell and him that have billions of streams get like a check for $2,000. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, yep. yeah. so if you have 100 streams, you're not even getting a check. Yeah. What are you doing it for? How are you paying the artists that you're working with? Like, how does this... I don't understand how the music you, ecosystem works, honestly, anymore. It doesn't right now. So that's, that's... You're familiar with Brent Fayez, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I remember... This is before his latest project. I think he's got an EP or something out that came out this this past year. But I remember after the crew single dropped, obviously I really liked that song. I liked his you know hook on it. It was cool. There was some kind of YouTube quick little mini doc. I don't yeah, know I saw how that long joint it was. Too. It was just 
Oh yeah, we're well, basically we was talking about lo- using the analytics from the stream yep. to figure out which regions of the country to do tour. We're listening to his his music, and right. then he just did specific shows in that in that part of the country, yeah. and that's how he was able to support himself and sustain his career. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess maybe that's one of the things. Well, that that's doing. I mean, that gets to the age old question of what it looks like to sustain your career in music or in art. Mm-hmm. You know, like how long does that last? Like, do you do you make music and only spend your weeks in El Paso, Texas for the <laughs> remainder of your career. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and, you know, this is not, a, it's, none of that's a criticism. It's just a curiosity I have about how, how music works. Like as somebody who literally works in the art space now as a career, I mean, I'm a writer, so that's a form of art, you know, it's a creative talent, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I leveled up my, my, my site, we sold it, mm-hmm. we got paid for it. And now I have a job doing it as a career and I'm able to live well off of that. And that's dope. That's a great path for me, but that's not a music path really. You know what I mean? That's yeah. not how musicians would do it. And I just wonder how these people that I genuinely like, that I try to support as much as I can, you know, by mm-hmm. listening to their records and buying some shit even on occasion when when I can, even though it seems pointless because I have this shit for quote unquote free by paying for my streaming services. You know, I just kind of wonder what that looks like for artists. You know, like Inka, you're an artist. Could you live off your could could yeah. you live off your career as a rapper at this point? I mean, definitely not. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I actually. So a couple things, right? Uh, first of all, I think part of that what matters is like how you want to live your life. Um, I think you know to to kind of string back in what Outlaw was saying about the the Brent Fias document. I thought it was it was really interesting or documentary. I thought it was really interesting because you know what they had done was essentially. The same thing that that Amazon and and Google and these niggas are doing, right? Like they use data and analytics to 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 say, okay, um, you know, we 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 pinpointed through these SoundCloud streams that you know there's I don't know five thousand people in you know Springfield, Virginia that love Brent Fias, and so we're gonna you know we're gonna go to Springfield and we're gonna do a show and 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 you know that's how we're gonna get our money and then we're just gonna we're gonna pick up and we're just gonna keep doing that we're, we're uh, you know rinse and repeat right um, the the pandemic throws a, a wrench in that right because we we had gotten to a point where I'm sorry the the you know the the man you know the white guy who steals all the money out of out of every industry right um had found a way to to make money off of all of the the residual streams of music um so right. you know now through streaming nobody's getting paid off music i'm sorry like i think every time you know i appreciate everybody who's ever listened to my music dog if you listen to my music you gave me probably one one millionth of a cent um every time you streamed my song so that was great you're you welcome know, but th- you know thank you thank you Pedro. i appreciate that but you know th- that's not that's not really a real revenue like a like a revenue right. stream that you can actually sustain off of as an artist and so you know what artists were doing was they were signing these you know as as the industry was pivoting away from cds and they were, they were blaming piracy and they're blaming all these different things shifting as to why they couldn't pay the artists it was like cool the artists could get out and get on the road and then they they make their money off touring and you know the, the however the industry wants to steal the rest of their money that's fine because this touring money was going to be what they sustained with right uh you know now we got the pandemic so it's like you know how how do how do they sustain and so you see these these artists like you know the Beyonces and the Drakes that are like the movers and shakers in the music industry and they're scared to death to drop their albums because their whole model their whole business model as to how they were going to recoup the cost of, of of them putting this music together 
is is now shifted because that was their main you know revenue stream. So I think that's a great question to ask how um, people are getting paid. And I think, uh, you know, a sad but great indicator is a lot of people are getting shot. And a lot of people are doing a lot of shooting right now. Like, so, I mean, I, I think the, 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 the answer to the question is like, it's, it's not working. Like people aren't sustaining their, their income. I think there's a lot less money for artists in the industry right now. People are trying to come up with new streams of revenue. And that's why I think things like Clubhouse are so popular because it gives people uh, like opportunities to connect and like share ideas as to what's going to be next to make it so that people can right. make more, more, more revenue. But man, right now it's, it's kind of dry out here for, for, for artists in, in my vantage point. No, I think you're probably right. I was having a conversation with my girl about this and she was just talking about how not necessarily about music, but she was I think the, the conversation was about like student debt, mm -hmm. uh, student loans and people going to university to study something that would like be in, in their passion. So like creative writing or English or something like that. And how it's like, OK, fine. They came out of school and they have all these student loan debt and they don't have a job. But why would you penalize a student for trying to pursue their passion? And it's not necessarily the, the individual's fault that art has been devalued. Mm. Now, that's a very, the, the one about the student loans and the education and what, that's a nuanced discussion. That's not necessarily what we need to discuss here, but there is an issue that we can discuss about the devaluing of art mm. and the fact that it has been devalued in society. Yeah. Um, I think maybe the only art that hasn't been really devalued is maybe maybe movies and the pandemic kind of put yeah. that shit to bed so i don't know i mean maybe i don't know why is it that, that that human beings don't value art as much as we used to or or is that a thing did we value art i believe that at one point the arts used to be patronized way more than they are now hmm. i mean i think that it's also possible that I'm kind of answering my own question here, but I also think it's possible that like if you grow up in the 80s and the 90s and you understand art, art at the end of the day was kind of like a was kind of like entertainment for people back in the day. Mm -hmm. Right. And because it stood the test of the time, now we kind of see that as art, mm -hmm. whereas maybe because it was still like an aspect of entertainment, if there's so much entertainment avail available, then maybe when you're trying to actually value the classic pieces as as art it become maybe a little bit difficult to do that i don't know i'm kind of rambling i mean now, panama but... i think i think you know i would i would pose that question to you just because i think out of the three of us you're probably the person who's had them not not even probably you're the person who's had the most Correct. success at, at, at a creative art right um you probably have you know okay so you said you write all the time right and that's that's part of your process so, you know, you probably have, I don't know, five, 10, 15 pieces that you're like, man, I really put my foot in this. This is amazing. But you still you still have like you have to put out a certain amount of 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 your your writing in order to to be successful. So, I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? I think mo I think a lot of great art and I'm, I'm going to for the sake of this discussion, I'm going to lump the VSB story into the great art discussion. Just, just Go ahead. Yeah, it's, this cool. is a vacuum. Cool. Let's just do that. <laughs> We had a pretty meteoric rise, so to speak, on what we did with VSB. Like we started writing as a unit and then boom, all of a sudden we were everywhere. We got profiled by everybody. Like you couldn't, we threw, shit, we threw in March of 2011, April 2011, we actually threw 10 parties on the same day in 10 different cities and they all had like 50 people. 
like the VSB brand was that, was that strong where we were able to do. It was actually the uh, the book release party we did in DC, but we did that in ten different cities across the nation. We actually did that, and we had people with all this shit, right? That's dope. There was a time when the brand was so strong that we really couldn't do. We won every award you could win. We, it was it was actually a really it was actually a, a, an interesting time just as artists, so to speak, writers. It was like, damn, this shit is really, it's really popping. But over time, you know, like, there's more of that same shit, right? There's more people writing. More people have done the things the way that we do them. So it kind of, it, it, it doesn't devalue it because you're still the, the architect somewhere. You're still the ones that kind of showed you how to do this, son. <laughs> but if I can get that same shit everywhere else, then I don't have to go there to get it. And maybe these mm -hmm. other people are better at it than they are anyway. Like, I kind of just go there. I just kind of pay attention to that stuff just because it exists and it was there first. But I actually really like going to this other place and I like doing this other stuff. Right. So, like, I think even at this point, once we once we join the route, I think there's less of an emphasis on VSB in general now. We're just part of the machine at this point. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, the VSB articles ain't a thing the way they used to be. Now, there's things that I write about that generate more interest. Like, writing about music always gets me. That's my bag. Like, writing mm -hmm. about music is typically where... I'm going to get most of my attention. But the other stuff, you know, it doesn't really it doesn't really resonate the way that it used to where I could write an article and people are going to pay attention just because I wrote it. You know what I'm saying? So I've kind of watched that process happen. Now, I'm a pragmatist, so I realize that's just how things go. I've been doing this for long enough where I'm actually amazed at how long I've been able to do this in general. Um, and I feel like people just you get bored in one place and you go to the next shit. And at this at this pace, the way technology is. You go on your phone, and I'm using the, still using writing as an example. I go on my phone. There's a million articles. I don't even care who wrote the shit anymore. I'm just looking at the headlines, and and even then, I might not be reading the article. I'm reading the headline and, and passing it on. If you're, you know, there's so much access to quote unquote art at this point. Like memes are art now. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do niggas need to go to museums and look at shit when I'm more entertained by this <laughs> meme that I can send out that's actually relatable content? You know what I'm saying? Like the music, I can just pass shit off. I don't really need to spend much time sitting with it because there's so much of it. Like, I don't have to sit with an album. I can walk with that album anywhere that I go and I can get over it by the time I'm down the block. You know, so I don't, I think technology is always going to be a downside to to the appreciation of things because it always shows us a new way to, to access and enjoy things. And then you got to learn that new way to deal with it. And that changes the old way, like... You know, think about how what you used to have to do to listen to a fucking album. Yeah. You had to actually fucking listen to the album because you had to yeah. you you, mm -hmm. you had to stand up to change songs if you wanted to. You know what I mean? <laughs> now you don't have to do that. This shit is all in your hand. It makes it easier to move past the song and not get to the third minute where that dope movement happens. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just technology. It's just the way that we do things now. I mean, it's not shitting on technology. I'm not, and I think there's as much good art as there's ever been. I think it's just harder. You have to work harder to get the people paying attention to it. Because there's so much of it that it's hard to, unless you're a name that everybody already knows and is automatically going to pay attention to, it's genuinely hard to keep people's attention. Yeah. That was a long we'll run, see, by the and, way. And that's kind of the point that I was making in terms of, it, at least like if we look at art from like the 1700s now, like those are things that stood the test of time, right? Mm -hmm. But you even said, well, I don't need to go to a museum if I've got this meme in my hand <laughs> to entertain me. Right. And so I think that the flood of entertainment options has made it so that it's like you said, it's not that the art isn't it's not that good art isn't there, but there's so many other things there to distract us that even the good art is now become devalued. Mm -hmm. But I do think, though, that 
the people who've been able to make and the name for themselves have been able to do so probably by breaking the mold mm, somehow and not just taking panama and damon's formula from vsb mm -hmm. but then rather taking is like well they did this how can i do something different that is unique mm -hmm. and then gives me the name to then just kind of chill on my platform and whatever I put something out, like I'm, I'm good. I agree. You know what I mean? I, I think that the art comes from not necessarily repeating, but trying something new and innovative. But, my my yeah. hope is that, you know, at some point we kind of catch up with some of this stuff, because I do think that, you know, as you as you kind of mentioned, Andrew, like there's there's some gold there's some chunks of gold in here right and so like we even ourselves as consumers we go through all this stuff so fast that i hope that that there's a time frame where you know the van gogh story happens unfortunately van gogh happened to pass away before everybody loved you know his art but like where somebody right. where people go back and they're like damn like there was some really good shit here and like really appreciate it for what it what it is but i think right now like you said it's just like we just we just churning it churning through it listen to it and, and it's done or we'll look at it and it's done like that's just kind of how we consume things right now yeah i will look um i think that should wrap it up um but panama again we appreciate you for uh, joining us on this yeah. uh, on this call today yeah man thank y'all for having me listen like i said before i love this i love y'all podcast always happy to be here i want to be part of every conversation when i'm yelling at y'all through through the uh <laughs> you know through through the um headphones or wherever i'm listening so you know 80s babies i love it i love this podcast y'all make sure y'all keep this shit up because uh it's always good always good Thanks, i always man. enjoy it all right uh well thank y'all for joining us uh i think i should wrap everything up peace peace